Water baptism, of course, does not bring about conversion or salvation. It is a testimony to others that conversion has already taken place inwardly. It's an outward sign of an inward conversion that has taken place as you've surrendered your heart to Jesus Christ to declare that you're already saved, that I'm going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Under the Fig Tree. Under the Fig Tree is a verse-by-verse study taught by Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel of Greeley. We are currently studying through the New Testament book of 1 Corinthians. Here's Pastor Jeff. We read, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact the body is not one member, but many's. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, it is therefore not of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would, be, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. For if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. So verse 28, God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, seconds prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps administrations, variety of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. You know, one of the things that really intrigues me about the church at Corinth is this, is that Paul, in the first 11 chapters, he was spending a lot of time bringing correction to them. And what we've seen very clearly with this church is that they were a church that were divided. Paul calls them a carnal church there in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He says, I would love to, to speak to you as mature, but you're not. As to carnals, you're babes in Christ. And he would discuss with them and, and bring correction to them concerning their division and carnality. And they were into self-indulgence and they were accepting immorality. They were suing each other. 
they were a church that had so many problems they couldn't even do a potluck right. They had these love feasts and people were going hungry. Now you know this church had problems when that has taken place. They were ones that were getting drunk at those love feasts or potlucks and, and they were abusing the Lord's Supper. And after Paul deals with all of that, that again, as we saw in the first 11 chapters, we see that as we have entered now into this section of 1 Corinthians, which deals with the spiritual gifts, that God wasn't through with this church. God had not cast them out. He was still working within the believers. He was still gifting them. He was still empowering them. The body of Christ was taking function here in God working through them. They were still part of the body of Christ. So that's why we saw that Paul would say in this discussion on the gifts of the Holy Spirit that I don't want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. And Paul here in the remainder of this chapter is going to be emphasizing spiritual gifts, their place and function in the church. And the apostle wants to re- them to remember that they are indeed in Christ. And as they come together in Christ, they make up this body called the body of Christ. And so as we look at this truth, we need to understand this as well, that we as believers here today, we make up what is referred to as the body of Christ. We know from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 30, we read there that we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. And in chapter 1 of that epistle, the book of Ephesians, we read also that concerning Jesus, that he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. So you can go through the New Testament, you can go through Colossians and You can go through the book of Ephesians. And of course, here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and you can see those references that are being made to the church being referred to as the body of Christ. And now we're going to see a teaching that Paul gives, inspired by the Spirit of God, how it is that the body of Christ is the function. So let's begin to look at the text that we read this morning as we again read verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. So we are being told that just as the human body has many parts, and it does, We know that our human body has fingers and hands and ears and nose and a mouth and toes and and all kinds of different parts that make up the human body. Matter of fact, any of us that have small kids or if we had small kids, I remember all four of my kids teaching them you know, when they were toddlers about the different parts of their bodies as they were, you know, learning and and learning about their fingers and hands and their nose and ears. Matter of fact, there was a song that we used to to sing to them. Let's see if I can remember that. It says, God has given you eyes to see, a mouth to speak, a nose to breathe, a head to nod, and hands to fold in prayer to God. I think that's how it went. So they learned that way, you know, in singing that to them and saying that to them, the different parts that we have. And of course, there are many parts that make up the physical body. So it is with the body of Christ. We're all members of this one body. And Paul gives us this analogy to the physical body so we can understand better 
that just as the members, the different parts of your physical body have different functions and they do different things, different members of believers, you and I, we are called to different ministries. We have different gifts and, and diversity of activities, as we saw in verses 4, 5, and 6 of this chapter. And we all operate those gifts differently in the body of Christ. But the body of Christ comes together as one that it might function properly, that we as members belong to the body of Christ. And so it's a wonderful thing. It's a very powerful thing. Now, as we look at our physical body, Really how God made us and designed us and created us is a very amazing thing, isn't it? I mean, the human body really is amazing how it works. Do you realize that on average, in a 24-hour period, that the human heart, on average, beats more than 100,000 times? That we breathe over 23,000 times? We inhale about 438 cubic feet of air, and on average, the average person speaks about 4,800 words in a 24-hour period. Now, I know that there are some that probably speak more than that. You move 750 muscles. You exercise 7 million brain cells. So the the body really is a, a masterpiece, really beautifully engineered and is governed by several hundred control systems, each of them interacting with each other and affecting the other. The brain has 10 billion nerve cells to record what a person sees and hears. Your skin has more than 2 million tiny sweat glands, about 2 or 3,000 per square inch, all part of this intricate system which helps keep the body at a regulated temperature. We have senses that are very complicated that help us to smell and to taste and to touch and to hear and our eyes that see. We could go on and on and on talking about the intricate way that God designed and made the human body. And some of you are very knowledgeable about that. You're in the medical field. You're nurses or physical therapists or perhaps even a physical you know, trainer or some way. You know how the muscles work and about the body. And it really is amazing how God designed us and made the human body with many parts, all with various functions and how it all works together. And, and all the parts of the human body are important. And as we look at it spiritually, it really is amazing how God has designed the church And so under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul declares that we as believers, we are a body made up of many members which have different functions, just like the human body. And again, I want to remind you that the church is just not a building. That there are those who think that the church is, well, just the building and the church is, you know, made up of those clergy that run the church or or on staff or do the teaching on Sunday morning, but the church is much more than that. The church is us. The church is all of us coming into this building. This is just a building made of you know, wood and brick. But we, as we come in, this is the actual church, and, and the church is Christ in us, and it's alive. It's a living organism as the spiritual body comes together, designed and formed and fitted together by the Lord himself. And so what is going to be stressed here is that within the body of Christ, there is indeed unity. That is, many members in this one body, Christ being the head. And then secondly, there is diversity. That is, 
all the members of the body, the body of Christ, have different functions, as we have been talking about, different ministries and different giftings. So Paul continues here in verse 13, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. So Paul here is telling us that the moment that you gave your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, that you were baptized into one body, the body of Christ. And it should be noted that Paul is not talking about water baptism here. Water baptism, of course, does not bring about conversion or salvation. It is a testimony to others that conversion has already taken place inwardly. It's an outward sign of an inward conversion that has taken place as you've surrendered your heart to Jesus Christ to declare that you're already saved, that I'm going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. So here, Paul, when he's talking about being baptized in the one spirit, he's, he's speaking of being baptized into the body of Christ, the body of Christ that is made up of many members. And so we are the body of Christ, baptized by the spirit into the body of Christ. It doesn't matter what your background is, whether you are Jew or you are Greek, whether you are slave or whether you are free. And we're all believers, and we're all part of this marvelous entity called the church, or referred to here as the body of Christ. And this is what the apostle is telling us, that we all have a part to play, that we're all included in this thing, the church. We are alive. It is Christ that is the head. We are a group of people that that share the same belief in the Lord, who belong to the same Lord, and we are filled with the same Spirit, and we are given gifts by the same Spirit. In verse 14, for in fact the body is not one member but many. So we have this unity in this one body, but there's diversity in that there are many members in this one body. And that includes not just here, us at Calvary Chapel, Some of us have been here a long time. We were familiar with the people that are here at Calvary Chapel, and and we are a body of believers. But we belong to a body of believers that that make up in in this community in Greeley. And perhaps I think that most of you can say that you know Christians that don't come here to Calvary Chapel. Maybe they go to another church. We know and we support ministries that are out ministering the love of Jesus Christ here in this community. We're all part of the body of Christ. And it's just not here, us at Calvary Chapel, to make up the body of Christ or believers here in our community, but believers all throughout the whole globe. And it really is amazing how, how when you can go to another place, another country in the mission field, and we are part of of this unity with them as they're ministering, all part of the body of Christ. And so it's an amazing thing. We're all part of each other. And we, may we be aware of this because there are always those who are seeking to divide or exclude themselves and we're really just the body of Christ and everybody else is out to lunch and all these other mindsets and attitudes can, that can develop. So here he's telling us that as we become believers, we're baptized into the body of Christ. And we have unity, but there's diversity, is that we all come together as members to make up the body of Christ. And then Paul's now going to describe how the body of Christ is to function 
And he, again, is going to be using the analogy of our own physical bodies. And as we go through this, I think it's important for us to understand that Paul is going to be dealing with three major problems or attitudes that Christians can have that ought not to be. So we want to pay attention to this section very carefully. Three attitudes that can happen in the church. The first problem or attitude that we can have, Paul deals with in verses 15 through 20, as we read once again. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing. If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased, and if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. Verse 20. The first problem that we can see in the body of Christ, the first attitude that we can have as believers in the body is the feeling of insignificant. And I just wonder if a lot of us at one time, or maybe there's some of you that are here this morning, that maybe that you say, or maybe you said at one time, that I'd like to be you know, more plugged in the church. I, I, I'd like to, to come to church more, but I don't really feel like I belong. I don't feel like that there's anything that I can do, or that I have anything to offer. I don't think that I can serve the Lord or in the church because I don't have any abilities and it seemed like other people are so much more capable and outgoing or know so much more than I do. So here the apostle writes something very important for us to understand. That if the foot says, because I'm not a hand, does that mean that the foot is not a part of the body? Of course the foot is a part of the physical body. And you can look at the hand, for example, and you can look at our hands and the fingers that are there, and then you have the thumb. And the thumb is short and it's pudgy, but it's not like the other fingers that are there. But the thumb doesn't say that I don't belong on the hand there. The thumb is very important, isn't it? Without the thumb, we couldn't grab things. Uh, we wouldn't be able to write. It's like our foot. You have the foot and the toes and the big toe there. Without the big toe, you really couldn't stand. You wouldn't be able to have the balance that you need to be able to stand and walk. So the Lord would have us to realize this, that there's no insignificant part of the body. No insignificant part of the physical body. There's no insignificant part of the body of Christ. And sometimes I believe that we can, if we're not careful, we can develop this attitude of, well, I have nothing that I can do in the body of Christ. So I'm not important. We get this wrong idea of what service and ministry in the church is all about, what it means to be a servant and laboring for the Lord. And sometimes we can think that the real work of the church is getting together on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights, and we do that. We have a time of worship. We have a Bible study. And so we see the pastor who's doing the teaching. We see the worship leader who's leading worship the children's ministry worker who's teaching the children. And we say, well, they're doing the work, and I haven't really been called to do any of those things. Therefore, I really have no part to play in the church. And the reality is, what we do here on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights is just a part of what the church is all about. So I want us to all realize this, and this is so important. Please, don't forget this. 
No one here is insignificant. You have been baptized into the body of believers by the Spirit. And God has sent the members, each one of us, in the body just as he pleased. You have a place in the body of Christ that pleases him. And God has gifted you so you can function within this body and we're all gifted differently. And when you are fulfilling your role, the Lord is pleased. Paul says, what if the whole body were an eye, verse 17, then there'd be no hearing? What if the body was just an ear, then there'd be no smelling? What if we were all just preachers? We would just walk around preaching at each other. Can you imagine that? (laughs) It would be chaos. What if we were just all worship leaders? You see, it wouldn't work. The, The body of Christ wouldn't function like it was supposed to. So God has different giftings and different ministries and diversity of activities, something for each one of us to do, a function for you in the body of Christ. He wants to gift you and he wants to use you. And wherever he uses you, that is not insignificant. And what I want to do is I want to encourage all of you to really seek the Lord in what is my function, what is my role, what is my gift, what can I do? Lord, what is it that you would have me to do? And again, ministry just isn't getting up in front of people and doing a Bible study. That's one part of ministry. That's what God has called me to do. It's one function of the body of Christ. But ministry, as we've discussed this before, is doing simple things. Some of you guys are hands. Some of you are ears. Some of you are toes. Some of you are fingers. Some of you, you're willing to to go and minister in the nursery. Some of you are willing to greet and to usher. There are those who are willing to clean the church. There are those who pray, who pray for the saints in the church here. God bless you because how we need that ministry. Some work in the office making bulletins and copies and other things. There's so much to do in the body of Christ, not just here at Calvary Chapel, but in our community as well. It may be making a meal for somebody, a family that needs it. Some of you guys are very gifted with your hands and doing construction or mechanics or fixing things. And remember that the Lord wants to use you. Remember the story of Moses as we were reading from the book of Exodus here this morning. And Moses was herding sheep for 40 years there on the backside of the desert. And all of a sudden he goes to Mount Oreb and he sees a bush that's burning, but it's not being consumed. And so he goes to investigate. And when he goes to investigate, he hears the calling of the Lord. Moses, I want you to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. I've heard their cries. And it was Moses that responded by saying, who am I? Hey, I'm insignificant. Who am I that I should go and and lead the children of Israel out of Egypt? And who am I to go to Pharaoh? Remember, Pharaoh was the most powerful man on the face of the earth at that time. So as Moses is, is saying that, God said, I'll be with you. Well, what if the people don't respond to me? What if they don't believe me? The Lord said, they'll heed your voice. Moses continued giving excuses. Lord, I can't go. I'm slow of tongue. In other words, I I stutter, my speech isn't eloquent. I'm going to send somebody with you, Moses. You know, we can come up with all kinds of reasons why we feel insignificant. I can't go, my speech and my, you know, intelligence, whatever it might be. But God said, Moses, I want you to go. 
I've chosen you to go, and I'm going to be with you. And Moses, what's in your hand? And it was Moses that had a staff, a, a, staff, a, a shepherd's staff. And it's interesting that after that, Exodus chapter 4, that it was then referred to as God's staff. You see, the question that I want to ask you this morning is what's in your hand? It was interesting that Jesus, when he called the disciples, some of those disciples being fishermen, there was a couple of them that were casting the nets. There was a couple of them that were mending the nets, those nets in their hands. And Jesus said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. This morning, what's in your hand? For some of you, it may be a tool of some part, a hammer. Then use it. Your skills, your abilities for the Lord to best bless the body of Christ. For some of you, it might be in just helping out cleaning and painting and taking care of the grounds. It, all kinds of areas that the Lord can use you as, as you say, what is in my hands? Maybe it's an instrument to bless the body, to minister to the small group, to, to minister to the children in, in the back room. Every single one of us, I believe, has an offer. Maybe it's hands that you're going to fold as you pray for the body of Christ. This morning, what's in your hand? Thank you for joining us on Under the Fig Tree. If you would like a copy of today's study, please call us and ask for the message with today's date. Our phone number is 970-330-1717. That number again, 970-330-1717. If you prefer, you can write us at 2602 West 27th Street, Greeley, Colorado, 80634. You can also visit us online at ccgreeley.com. Under the Fig Tree is brought to you by Calvary Chapel of Greeley. We invite you to join with us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. and our Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. Please join with us next time as we continue to study the Bible together on Under the Fig Tree.